Pippity-pop, and they don't stop. Anchors away, and we're off on the good ship Kakapo Recovery. This is the Kakapod. We start today with Dr. Andrew Digby, out and about on Pukanui. It's the 24th of February, and I'm waiting at Toitaiti's camp, having just checked the chick in Toitaiti's nest. That's Atoeta A1, and that chick is doing pretty well, just under 100 grams and is well above the mean. Meanwhile, Petrus, one of the rangers, has checked Jem's nest, and the two chicks there are doing well. And we're waiting on D to check Ra's nest, because we're a bit concerned about the chicks in Ra's nest. There's two chicks there. They haven't been fed particularly well, and they're a little bit lighter than we want them to be. And they're gold chicks, so they're the highest genetic value chicks, and so they're the most valuable chicks on the island, and we want to be sort of a little bit cautious about those. It's the early hours of the 24th of February 2022, and I'm at Ra and Jem's nest. And it's been a bit of a relief tonight, because the previous night at Jem's nest, I'd found her second egg in the process of hatching and it appeared to be stuck. The chick was had its part of its head and its wing out of the eggshell but didn't seem to be able to get any further. So I assisted it and helped it on its way but I didn't remove it entirely from the eggshell. So I wasn't sure what I was going to find tonight. So when I went earlier in the evening, it was when Jem got off, it was a relief to find that the chick was out of the shell and doing well and had been fed. So Jem's nest is doing well. And nearby is also Ra's nest, and I've checked it a couple of times tonight. She also has two chicks. One of those chicks also hatched yesterday, so two new hatchlings. And I'm a little bit worried about her second chick because it doesn't seem to have been fed. Um, and so I'm just watching on the monitor now to see if Ra will feed it. I actually went up to try and feed it myself, but Ra beat me to it and, and got back onto the nest before I could do anything. So we'll leave it into the hands of Ra and um, see how she does today and then check again tonight and we might give a little bit of a help tonight if she hasn't fed it. That would be unusual though because we haven't had to feed chicks at nests so far this season. There's been a, a plentiful supply of ripe rimu fruit for the mothers and they seem to have all been feeding the chicks really well so fingers crossed and especially because Ra's chicks are the only gold chicks on the island. How cool is it to have a report direct from the island? Kākāpō live on four of New Zealand's offshore islands, but have only bred on two, Whanuaho and Pukanui, otherwise known as Anchor Island. That is, until now, Kākāpō Recovery have a plan. Hey, Ranger Brody here on Takaku, Chalky Island. It's been a busy couple of days. Unfortunately, all the nests that we found here, so we have three nesting females Nanihi, Makarea and Dusky. Unfortunately, all three of those nests had three infertile eggs. So we've gone and pulled all those eggs and given them dummies. But uh, yesterday we had a slight change of plans in Turu Kākāpō recovery style. We've gone and um, sent some eggs over from Whanua Ho. And so we've given one fertile egg so far to Nanihi, one to Makarea. And tonight we're going to get into Dusky's nest and give her a fertile egg as well. So, yeah, fertile eggs on Takaku and all the girls get a chance to be first-time mums, so it's uh, pretty pretty exciting times here. Cross those fingers, we may soon have chicks on Takakahu. But why were none of the birds able to produce their own? 
So we've had a lot of questions about why the fertility of the eggs here on Takaku has been really low. So far we've had three nesting females for nine eggs and we haven't got any fertile eggs. So one of the reasons behind that potentially is that um, the females on this island are really young. So this is all their first breeding season. They're all 2016 chicks. We've also got um, quite a few young males here. So also 2016 chicks, not yet probably producing good quality sperm. Um, and a lot of the other males are also not proven breeders. So there's those factors to consider. This is also one of our hands-off islands. So we haven't been doing the supplementary feeding program here. So some of the birds are potentially in less um, ideal breeding conditions. So low weights for both male and females. Um, and then you've just got the general Kakapur genetics issues that can lead to um, high percentages of infertility as well. So a combination of those factors is why so far we haven't got any fertile eggs from Takaku. Thanks Brody. A concise explanation and still very exciting that we might have young mums and little chicklets running around on Takakahu. Those clips were taken from the Kakapo Recovery Instagram. Do give them a follow. Now let's see what's happening on Pukanui. I am at Atareta's campsite and I'm looking into the monitor and watching Atareta. Last time I came here two nights ago, she had one egg and one reasonably freshly hatched chick in her nest, only about a day old. And now I've come here tonight to to check on the other egg and I can see she has two chicks. She's feeding the bigger one and I've seen her trying to feed the little one a little bit too. So when she gets off after dark and hopefully within the next hour, I will go down and check those chicks out and weigh them and I hope that they're okay. You might be able to hear around me a bit of flapping and a bit of wind. It's a pretty stormy night tonight and it's gonna get quite a lot worse as the night goes on. The wind's already severe gale force and they're gonna get a little bit stronger probably storm force later on with some really heavy rain so i'm hoping i can get done and actually get back to the hut before this storm hits because it's going to be a pretty wild place to be here up on this high on this ridge on the west coast of Kinka island as you can hear it's not always easy being a ranger on the furthest outreaches of aotearoa but the rangers are hardy souls who care very much for the kakapo and there's lots of little perks I have just arrived at Cornini's Nest down at the southwest of Anchor Island near Kuiya's Nest too. I'm checking both of these tonight. Both have one chick and another egg which is due to hatch anytime soon so I'm going to see whether there's been a hatch. And at the campsite here I'm being scolded by a pretty curious and pretty loud carker who doesn't seem to like me being here very much, but I'm just going to settle into the tent and wait for these birds to get off. And normally for a cornini, that's around about midnight, and for Korea, normally about two or three o'clock in the morning. So I'll have a bit of a wait and watch some Kakapur TV and, yeah, hope for maybe one or maybe even two more chicks. So I'm now back at Cornini's camp, having been to Korea's nest, which is really close by. And I found, not 
a chick and an egg, but two chicks in the nest. So Boomer 1A had hatched. It hatched quite recently, probably just this morning. It was only 26 and a half grams with an empty crop, but it was looking quite lively and looking quite healthy. The other chick was Cornini A1, and that chick was looking really good, just under 60 grams. It was about four days old, had a bit of food in its crop, and it was really quite vocal and, and looking really good. So looks like Korea's doing a really good job in her tiny little nest, which is just a little hollow um, sort of old broken tree. She's in the bottom of it. She jumps down into a sort of a chamber, which is below ground level. It's a little bit small. We're a little bit worried about flooding, so we're probably going to move her into an A-frame. And we've actually got her walking through an open A-frame at the moment. We do that um, to get them used to the idea and get them used to passing through it. And then what we'll do is one day, once they're used to it, we'll block off the back of the A-frame, close up the nest and put the chicks into the A-frame. So then they'll just go straight into using that. And that seems to work pretty well. Gives the kakapo a bit more shelter, a bit more protection and... Yeah, it's a bit um, safer for things like risk of flooding. It's a shame that Kuya didn't have fertile eggs herself this year. This is the first breeding season um, that she hasn't had fertile eggs. And it's particularly troublesome because she's a bird of fieldland descent. She's Richard Henry's daughter, so we really want to make sure we get more fieldland chicks. But having said that, um, her offspring are doing well, both Marianne and Gertrude are breeding this year they've produced fertile eggs and we actually have now quite a few offspring from Korea so it's a little bit less of a problem than it might have been in the previous breeding seasons and she's proving to be a really good foster mum too so so far so good tonight and um, Korea's looking great and we'll just wait to see when Konini gets off the other big news from this week is that every remaining fertile egg on Pukanui has now hatched there are currently 34 surviving chicks on the island. There likely won't be any surprises from here, so it's all about trying to make sure as many of these birds survive to fledging as possible. This is one of those nervy times, as we've seen the numbers going up so far, but now need to be prepared for them to potentially start coming down. Raising babies isn't easy, and nature isn't always kind. But there is great hope for this breeding season, so let's get to the egg count. This is the last egg count we will do as we switch to focusing on the chicks. Joining the 34 chicks on Pukanui are another nine on Fenuaho. But Fenuaho still has 14 potential eggs left to hatch, and now three of those have been transferred to Takakahu. The eggs chosen to go where no kakapo has been born before are Awarua A1 and A3, and Queenie A1. Awarua and Queenie are still both sitting on fertile eggs of their own back on Fenuaho. Also still sitting on fertile eggs, are Alice, Pura, Ruth, Tohu, Tatapu, Wehepo, and Zephyr. One of Tatapu's chicks died on hatching, but she does have another. While I'm taking a keen interest in Ruth's egg, because there's a slight chance it belongs to Big Merv, and the idea that Big Merv with his big gut and big moustache may have fathered offspring gives me hope 
then I too could find a woman of less discriminating taste. That makes Ruth our non-judgmental, open-minded kakapo of the week. Now sit back for Ultimo Kakapo Bingo in the final egg count where we do the numbers by island and by bird. On Pukanui, 70 eggs were laid, with 36 hatching. Two of Wa's chicks, so far, have been lost. But she did have a total of four. Hauteru, Gemma, Kuya, Marama, Roha, Tifri and Yasmin didn't produce chicks of their own this year, but many have been given the role of foster mum. Aparima, Atarita, Buma, Evohi, Gertrude, Hinitaumai, Jem, Konini, Marion, Ra, Stella, Toitiiti, Wa and Waikawa have all produced chicks. On Fenuaho, 62 eggs have been laid, with nine so far becoming chicks, and three fertile eggs being transferred to Takakahu, where another nine infertile eggs were originally laid. On Takakahu, the younger birds weren't expected to produce chicks, but three will become foster mums. They are Dusky, Makarea, and Nanihi, who all laid eggs. On Whenuahau, Aranga, Cindy, Esperance, Hakatere, Hera, Jean, Kuihi, Ponamu, Rakiura, Sue, Suzanne, Nora, and Tukaha did not produce chicks of their own this season while Margaret Marie, Pearl, Queenie, Solstice and Tumeke have all become mums, and we're waiting to see what Alice, Awarua, Bella, Pura, Ruth, Titapu, Tohu, Wehepo and Zephyr will bring. A round of applause for all the kākāpō lads and ladies who've done their duty by mating this season and getting us this far. There's still a long way to go, but we hope you Kākāpō fans at home were able to fill out your bingo cards for your favourite birds. And for those hanging out for that bonus ball, we still have some more chicks yet to come. This episode of The Kākāpod was written and recorded by Jez Brown, and edited by Kate Harrison. Our music comes courtesy of Cricket Farm, who you can find wherever you find good music. But we think a sly purchase on Bandcamp would be just lovely. Kakapol Recovery have also released a cool new t-shirt. Check it out on Facebook. And please do follow the Kakapol Recovery team across social media and support New Zealand's conservation efforts where you can. By the way, we were the number one nature podcast in New Zealand this week. Thank you so much for listening and sharing the show. We're pretty chuffed. We were also number four in Spain. I think those people were looking for something else. Anyway, we're going to leave the last word to Dr. Andrew Digby, who has so kindly donated his time, insight, and recordings to the show this week. See you again, bird lovers. Matewa. It's the morning of the 27th of February. And it's daylight, and 
the sun is shining, which is nice. And I'm now making the long walk back to the hut from Cornini's and Kuiya's nests. And about five o'clock this morning, Cornini finally got off the nest and I was able to go and check, see what was happening. And I found out why she'd been on the nest for so long, because her second egg in the nest, which was Cornini A3, had hatched and it only just hatched. The chick was tiny, it was still quite pink. It was just starting to flap up a little bit. Um, so it probably been hatched for maybe an hour, maybe a little bit less. So that was pretty cool to see. It weighed in at about 28 grams and its nestmate, Cunini A2, was doing well too. So just under two days, about 46 grams. Both chicks doing well. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, we're entering a new phase of the season and so far so good and as I walk along this track I'm walking over a sprinkling of ripe rimu fruit which has started to fall from the trees there's still lots lots more on the trees but it's pretty cool to see it carpeting the track and yeah that's that's what's driving this breeding season